If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today we're talking about love. Well, today, as we record this, it is February 14th, Cupid's Day. Cupid's Day. I just shot Ryan with a Cupid's arrow. V-Day. And he's dead. The day that you used to come out with a video about you eating, going on Valentine's alone. Yeah. I've always wanted to do one where I'm, it's me, because the joke is still running, and I'm just speechless, and then it shows Allie, and she's just eating slowly, and then it's me again, speechless. <laughs> And she's just like wondering why you're acting yeah, so weird. Yeah. You should do it. Yeah. Today's the day. <laughs> Today is the You still day. got time. That wouldn't take long to make. Uh, With your skills now, Todd, you could pump that out in like 15 I, minutes. I really could. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, I think both of us are unashamedly fans mm. of romantic comedies. Absolutely. Also known as rom-coms. Rom-coms. Yeah, it's, it's hard. So I thought we could talk about our history of it and then what we love about them. Yeah. And then if we were going to make one. What would we make? That's a little preview for everybody. Yeah. Whoever's going to actually listen all the way to the end. Yeah. It's <laughs> people are already logging out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm off. I'm done. You'd be surprised. I, I bet people would listen more to this one than last week. Uh, so, but uh, I think it also kind of would depend on what we considered a rom com, or because you and I have had this conversation. Yeah. So I'm going to be really broad with it. Okay. Just any movie that... Pretty much well, any romantic movie. I would say any movie where the point of the movie is the couple coming together. Yeah. That is, will be a romantic... It doesn't even have to be comedy. Yeah. Just romantic. Yeah. Sort of general More romantic. More or less set in modern days. Like yeah, even past is okay. fine. But like where the point of the movie is the two people coming together. Right. Okay. That's good. Yeah, something you'd watch on Valentine's Day. Like I would say together. like as much as I love about time... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that a romantic comedy. Right. Because it's really about him and his life. It's about love. Just all love. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. And really just like being a better person yeah. and just like, just yeah. him is just watching this guy kind of go through life. Yeah. Um, and kind of like, what's the point of life to some degree? Yeah. So I want, even though it has a beautiful romantic story in there, yeah. I wouldn't like consider that. They say it's about time. And it, and it but is. But it's really about love yeah. within time. Yeah. Kind of saying like all we have the best time, best way to use your time, yeah, is with love. Uh, so, anyways, um, yeah, growing up, I had three sisters mm-hmm. and a mom and a dad who worked a lot, so I got ruled out a lot on what movies we were going to watch. Uh-huh. So I grew up watching romantic comedy, uh, romantic movies, yeah, chick flicks as well as romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. One thing I was thinking about on the way over here is that uh, growing up in the '90s, and I'm sure it's like this for everybody, but when you're growing up. There's like teen romance movies yeah. and adult romance movies, yeah. and they're coming out at the same time. Yeah. So I like Which never... is happening now on Netflix. That's like a big trend that's happening. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Netflix has a lot of the teen yeah, romance like the boys movies. I love, to all the boys I love. Yeah. And like Kissing Booth and all the other movies. Yeah. So, and um, so because of that, it's like a lot of the older 90s um, romantic comedies or romantic chick flick type movies that, you know, Tom Hanks was in or, yeah. you know, even. Um, uh, the one with Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Yeah. Um, Hugh Grant. Yeah, a lot of the Hugh Grant ones. It's like I didn't actually watch those uh, when they came out yeah. because I was a kid. Yeah. And you're not watching movies like that when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, but I did watch them later in life, and you know, definitely like it's interesting how they sort of very much fit a, a similar sort of style oh, yeah. of romantic it's, movie. It's like the formula. Yeah, the formula very is very formula. similar, even yeah. though like that to. Um, she's all that is like all very like pretty woman to she's all that is yeah. all pretty similar. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just that like one's about a prostitute yeah. and one's about a nerd in high but, school. Yeah, the 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 two thousand rom coms are like legitimately cookie like cookie cutter like they're all the same. It's insane how much they're yeah. just like yeah. And now the, my favorites that I'm even as a even going back and watching the adult romantic ones um, like. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, no, <laughs> like Sleepless in Seattle or um, yeah. You've Got Mail. Yeah, or some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that like usually the ones that actually when came out in the nineties yeah. are actually the ones that I like better than yeah. the ones that came out in the two thousands. Those are classic. Um, and the same way as a kid, it's like I liked the ones that came out 
the teen romance ones. I like the ones that came out in the 90s more than the ones that came out in the Do 2000s. Do you like uh, Nora, uh, the, it's a Nora, Nora Ephron? Ephron? That's, yep. She's the one that, she yeah. either wrote or directed them. She directed them yeah. and wrote them, I think. There's one lady who wrote, like, every, and... Nora Ephron is the one that, like, was yeah. the prolific yeah, romantic she comedy away, person. Right? Uh, yeah, one it. of them, like, her last movie was Julie and Julia, which is good. Um, but she passed away cancer. Oh. Sad. I said. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, so, anyways, uh, that's kind of, like, my little backstory somewhat on romantic comedies um, and or romantic movies is that growing up, I got outruled. Yeah. Instead of watching Rambo, like, Evan watched a bunch of sci-fi and action yeah, movies. Yeah, he's with all his, boys. Yeah, 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 it's three boys and a mom, so yeah. she got outruled. In my household, it was five girls, four girls, and a, and me. Yeah. Um, and like I said, my dad worked most of the time, so he definitely wasn't there to, to help weigh in and sway it one way or the other. And yeah. even if he was, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you said Evan. <laughs> Evan's going to be like, I don't remember this at all because I always remember things that he doesn't. But when Passion of the Christ was coming out, uh, Evan's mom, Brenda, she is like the funniest person. She's so funny. She is funny. really funny. Uh, and she's sitting there and she's so excited that Passion of the Christ come out. And they were interviewing Mel Mel uh, Gibson. And this is before like all the stuff happened with Mel. And she just like was – I just remember she's sitting there. And she's just like, ooh, I always thought he was just so handsome. <laughs> I just thought he was so handsome. And to me, like, you know, I always saw him in, like, Braveheart yeah. and, like, all these action movies. But he did his movie, What uh, Women Want. Uh, yeah. What a Woman Want? Yeah. What Women Want, yeah, what, I think. Or what, yeah. I think Where it's, he can like, What a Woman thoughts. Wants. Yeah, or something, yeah. yeah. It's um, when they did the reboot of that with the... What a Man Wants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, ooh, man, no one talked about that at all. It came out. <laughs> did you watch that? No, but... I never watched it. It just, it came out already. Like, that's yeah, how quick... Yeah, came and went. Yeah, came yeah. and went. Um, so, uh, it's just interesting, yeah. Like, you grow up and you realize, oh, you know, kind of every, that's kind of every... At, Big star, I think, did a romantic movie of some kind. Yeah, probably. It's kind of yeah. a staple of. I mean, Matthew McConaughey. That's what he was known for for a long time was the rom com. Right, guy. right, yeah. And then it wasn't until like he was kind of hit rock bottom, <laughs> then he did Lincoln Lawyer and kind of came back. Yeah, I think the thing that True Detective is what really put him back on the map, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, but he had done Lincoln Lawyer before True Detective, yeah. and so that was when people were like, oh, and then he did Mud, and people were like, oh, he's kind of, and then yeah. he did True Detective, and people were like, oh, he's gonna win an Oscar, and yeah. he did. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting. So how, what's your what's your history with rom coms? Well, mom never had a daughter, so I was the designated <laughs> uh, man daughter. Uh, so I grew up reading every romance, probably you know, romantic book in the sense of like everything in old literature for girls was romantic. Let's just be honest, yeah. like. Anne of Green Gables ended up being romantic, yeah. you know? And so I grew up reading all those books, so I've always Did had... you watch the Anne of Green Gables on Netflix? Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, no, no. The new Anne one? with an E, yeah, because no, it's garbage. Oh, it's uh, good. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the book, so... But I, I, I watched, I, like, the original... I got suckered into watching it with Helen, and it ended up being like, so how's this end? How's this go? Yeah. I found it... I found it yeah. fascinating. Well, I mean, it's a great book. And then the original series, I think it's what I was kind of basing it off of. Um, but I'll have to give it a second chance. I, To be honest, I only watched the first episode. Oh, okay. So, and then Allie watched all of them, and she was like, it's garbage. So oh, like, she didn't like it. I know. She kind of threw me off the scent, and I was like, eh. Um, so, but I loved Anna Green Gables and all that stuff. And then, yeah, I mom would watch Sleepless in Seattle and all that stuff, and I just wanted to watch anything growing up. Yeah. You know, any movie that was on, I wanted to watch, and I loved those movies. There wasn't any um, – you're safe with a rom-com. You know, like with horror movies, I hate horror. I hate anything right. scary. I hate anything Right, thing. right. You kind of know what you're getting into exactly. with a rom-com. It, it, is, it is comfort food. It yeah, is very safe. Yeah. You do know that they're going to end up together, and that's a nice thing. Yeah. It's it a is. nice feeling sometimes knowing where you're going in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. like, I remember the first time I watched the uh, – what's her name? Um, uh, she was 50 First Dates, a wedding singer. What's her name? Uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Remember she did that Cinderella movie? Yeah. I watched that movie like we it was we were on vacation or something and the house had it and I watched it every night. Yeah. You know? good. That was a good one. It's a great one. Um, ever after, I think is Yeah, ever after. Right. Is that right? No. Yeah. No, ever after is 
It is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, they live Cinderella, ever after. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, any romance of any kind, the live action one, the one Dalmatian, there's a romantic element to that where, you know, he's got a, a boy dog, she's got a girl dog, and yeah. they end up. So, yeah. Having 101 puppies. Whoa. <laughs> I wonder. Whoa, Pongo. <laughs> Slow down, Too buddy. Too much. Uh I'm with Quilla DeVille. <laughs> I'm Team Quilla. Uh, and then Pongo's yeah. like, I got 15 years left to live. I got to make this. Got to take advantage of every opportunity I got. Yeah, I got to pump them out. Um, <laughs> I like how the movie they kind of like explained as like they just adopted all the rest. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. like 15, but they adopted. Which is kind of funny because it's like Pongo and Purdy yeah. are characterized as human beings who care about these puppies because they're their children. Yeah, they don't want to lose them because they're, they're babies. Yeah. It's their family. Yeah. You know, you're ripping their children away. Yeah. But then they have, I think, like 10 or 12 puppies, which is like a normal amount for a litter. And there's 101, which means, let's say all the other ones are 10. That means there's nine other <laughs> sets of parents <laughs> that never get to see their kids again because Pongo and Purdy don't take the time no. to find the original mom and dad. They're like, that's too much of a headache. Let's just keep them They all. can send a... <laughs> Bark telegram across London into the country to find their 10 kids, but they can't do a bark telegram across yeah. London to find the other kids' parents. And during the, it's that's kind one of thing messed they didn't up. translate was like, don't tell anyone about these dogs. They're ours. Uh, uh, look, we found them. They're ours now. And then all these people are like, we're just going to keep all of them yeah. instead of trying to find the original owners well, and the of these puppies. All the children talk, so they would have memories yeah. of like, their parent dogs. Yeah. So do they not want to go back? I guess they they all grew up in abusive homes, you know. If yeah. you're a good parent, you're going to rescue your children. Yeah, and, and Pongo and Purdy are the only ones that care. Ones. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there's a plot hole there. <laughs> it's like every child that gets rescued, like whoever rescues them, gets to keep them. <laughs> like that's the law. <laughs> the law of this land. Uh, the yeah. law of finders keepers. <laughs> <laughs> keepers for abandoned orphans or dogs, hundred of them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, my I definitely grew up with uh, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. I think are yeah. the greatest couple on screen of all time. Yeah, so, yeah, that's probably true. And then obviously every year we watch It's a Wonderful Life. In a sense, that kind of I mean the first half of the movie is like yeah but see it's based off of my classification right. of the point of the movie is the two people getting together yeah. in the end i mean he that, doesn't kill himself he gets back together with his family yeah that's <laughs> that, once again that, that's more about time kind of thing she is <sighs> a spencer or uh, an old maid rather than get married to anyone else like that's the funniest thing that everyone always talks about it's a wonderful life when he doesn't exist she doesn't marry anyone she's an old maid um, that like is single. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's because Todd. There's only one person in this world for you, and if that person's not here, you're lost. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't actually believe that. <laughs> Disclaimers. That's uh, most movies would have you think that, yes. except for Sleepless in Seattle, which he was married before and yeah. she died and all stuff. Yeah, and then she was supposed to be married to somebody else. Yikes. Um. So, uh, what is your favorite? Rom-com or just romantic movie. It doesn't have to be a co- yeah. comedy. I mean, some yeah. some movies aren't like comedic; they're just romantic. Yeah, I I can't. I mean, I'm clearly going to say uh, about time. Yeah, but my... like I said, that's not. Yeah, a... but I mean, no, you can't use that. Yeah, that, that, okay. Remember, we set the right, rules, right, right. and you're already breaking them. It's about love, though. Um, yeah, it, okay, like because so... think about it like this way: in the hero's journey, the hero has to leave, find an object, and come back a changed right. person. Yeah. In Lord of the Rings or other stuff, it's an object or, you know, in a battle, it's overcoming the enemy or whatever. Yeah. In rom-coms or a romantic movie, it's the person. Yeah. They have to leave, find someone, change to become the person that person needs. Yeah. And then together they come back as a different person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, you've Got Mail, then, is probably you've my all-time favorite. Yeah. Which is a remake of a remake, which is funny. That's well, all. that's how it goes. Yeah. Right. My favorite... Um, I think the one that I like every time I watch it, because I actually I have a lot that I like. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them that like they would all be very close to the top to each other, but yeah. the one that wins just purely by the fact that like I would gladly watch it at any moment if yeah. somebody asked, "Hey, you want to watch this?" I would be like, "Yep." Yeah. You know, um, would be Fifty First Dates. 
Oh, interesting. I really love actually um, Adam Sandler yeah. and Drew Barrymore as a couple. Great couple. I think like just in the same way that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are great. Like yeah. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, like they just go together so yeah. well. And Fifty First Dates is just beautiful to me. Yeah. You know, a guy that chooses to love a woman every single day, even though she forgets who he is by the end of the day yeah. or the next morning. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's romantic. It's great. Well, and then the fact that like that the end when he like separates from her and she paints his head. Uh, yeah, she, she paints head. You know, yeah, she paints all these pictures yeah. of him because she like, like has these memories yeah. of him, but she can't figure out why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just really beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And even the way that her like, and once again, see, like he changes because he's this guy who's just sleeping with all these women and pretending to be different people. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, and then in the end, as opposed to being shallow and just going after a one night stand, he goes after a woman who once again like unconditionally loves a woman who forgets who he is every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, Adam Sandler's really funny. I think it's interesting that we chose two movies that, like, the male leads aren't, like, conventionally attractive. Like, if you look at Tom Hanks, you kind of, like, you really look at him. Right. And he's just some person on the street. He, you'd be, like, especially kind of older. Right, he's not, Hanks. like, a Brad Pitt right. or Tom Tom. Uh, or Matthew McConaughey or anyone yeah. like that. You're kind of like, eh. Yeah. Um, but it's his personality and all that stuff. Yeah. Same with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, the fact that Drew Barrymore would get together with a guy who wears cargo shorts all the time <laughs> is truly insane. Uh, so, but they are like- He is a doctor with penguins, though. That's true. He's a he's a vet. Yeah, there. he's a vet. Um, and so- Or like a research person. I mean, I think he's a yeah. vet, but he also does like and research. his goal is to fix up a clipper- he wants to go do research on penguins in like the Antarctic. Antarctic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, it's he, he's restoring that ship himself. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's it is interesting how like I think at the end of the day, having really good charismatic chemistry yeah. between the two leads is super important. Yeah, because like there are movies where there's no chemistry. Yeah, and those movies. Well, a lot of those, um, uh, what's the lady who did all the, like, 27 dresses and all those kind of movies? Um, Yeah, Catherine Hahn? Yeah, uh, Hagel. Catherine Hagel. Catherine Hagel. Um, Like, a lot of her leads that she was with, I think she's actually, like, she fit the role. Yeah. But I felt like a lot of times her, like... Because it's her and Jane Marston, right, in the 27 dresses? I don't even remember. (laughs) It's just, but, like, a lot of times, (laughs) like, her... from Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cyclops. Yeah. 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 And so it's like a lot of her her characters that she's with are always just like, meh. Yeah. You know, like the yeah. chemistry is just not there. Yeah. Uh, uh, a really good, interesting premise. Super sad, but the male lead is just awful. Rewatching it. Uh, Return to Me. Um, it's this story about, you know, an architect and his wife. And she's like, she works with the gorillas and all that stuff, and he's building like this new habitat. She gets into a car crash and she dies, and so her heart is donated to this other lady, and he and this other lady get, fall in love. Yeah, fall in love. Interesting. And she's like, I don't know how to tell him that I have his dead wife's heart. Oh, interesting. And it's a great premise, great acting. Huh. Like she's just like this waitress and. You know, her family, like, these old Italian white guys who play cards and all that stuff. It's a very cute movie. But the male lead is the guy from X-Files. He's He just has no chemistry. He has yeah. nothing. Like, yeah. he's just like, nah. And it's like you're supposed to be this grieving husband. And and it's just like one of those where you go back and rewatch and you're like, ah, this could have been a classic. Yeah. If they had just got that. She's great. She's the one from uh, – Goodwill Hunting that he leaves that Matt uh, Matt Damon leaves. You know, I gotta go see about a girl. Oh yeah, he leaves to go see yeah, her. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. leave her. He leaves right. to go see she's her. She's some British actress. Yeah, um, yeah, and she's great. She's yeah. really funny and, and young. And so and that one's really good. And then um, the other one, Sandra Bullock's While You Were Asleep. Oh, uh, while you're sleeping. Yeah, while you're sleeping. That's a pretty good one. That's a great one. That is good. And it's really severely like underrated. Well, yeah, I think she's so good. I think now it's probably somewhat forgotten because mm-hmm. like I didn't even think about that movie. But I mean, when it came out, people yeah. loved that movie. Oh yeah. I mean, once again, that was what like Speed and that movie is like what yeah. really put her as like a superstar. That's interesting. I had like it was. I remember just like finding it one time and like been like I never heard this movie before. Because, oh really? I mean, obviously our yeah. connection into that world were 
our sister or, right. or you know our moms and so uh yeah i mean mom never watched that the one she watched the most was you got mail sleepless in seattle and sabrina, sabrina. but the new one with harrison ford yeah that's the one like i grew up watching yeah not the old one yeah yeah and all I've these remakes remake ironically yeah um yeah, my mom watched a lot of the uh, Julia Roberts romantic comedies. Yes. So any Julia Notting Roberts Hill. thing, she was all about. Which Notting Hill is a great one, too. It's great. I love that one as it's well. So um, it's the same. It's the same guy that did About Time. Oh, really? Yeah. Richard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And yeah. yesterday, we've talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Oh. It had the potential to be a good the one. one that, but... Yeah, it did. The one that got away. Because <laughs> technically, that would be a romantic movie. The two leads. Well, that's together. the problem. Is Is it? Is it Todd? Hey, if it's going by the they they are not together, but then they end up together at the end because that's the whole. Well, point. then it's a horrible romantic. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. That's what, yeah, because it gets all muddled up. In yeah, the exactly. Um, so, uh, what is if you were going to make mm-hmm. a romantic movie? What kind of elements, or you don't have to say specific, we don't have to figure out like the exact story. <laughs> but if you had like kind of like a, if you had like one that you're going to try to like kind of model it after, if you're going to like go and pitch and say, you know, it's going to be like Sleepless in Seattle meets Pretty Woman meets mm-hmm. 10 Things I Hate About You, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, 10 Things I Hate About You is a great one too. That's uh, a good one. Five weeks no, or two weeks no news. Um, uh, what is her name? Um, yes. Oh, blanking on 10 Things I Hate About You. What is her name? Um, Goldie she- Hawn's daughter. Uh, Kate uh, Hudson. Kate Hudson. I had yeah. the hugest crush on Kate Hudson yeah, yeah. in college. Oh, she was my celebrity she's, crush. She's gorgeous. She is she's gorgeous. She's gotten a little crazy, so I'm not sure about that anymore. Uh, but at the time, yeah, she was crazy then too. I just yeah. didn't know it. Well, she was really funny, and she was like down there. I mean, the fact that she like you know you killed our love plant, you yeah. know, and stuff like that, yeah. and it was all an act and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. she really has a lot more charisma, and once again, yeah. than Matthew McConaughey would in that movie. Matthew McConaughey is like confused throughout the whole yeah. movie. <laughs> but I do think again, going back to that chemistry, like they i think part of it is as an audience you need to believe that they belong yeah. together yeah. and almost like if they were your friends you would want to try to yeah. set them up because they just seem so right yeah. for each other growing up i thought tom hanks was married to Meg ryan okay. i, I yeah. legitimately thought that yeah and i've been waiting for when drew barrymore starts dating adam sandler you know <laughs> i mean it's just like obviously yeah. watch what i watched this uh netflix documentary about attraction and it was interesting because um people were rated by like uh, they were rated on their looks by a, like a random group of people. Interesting. And they were given like a number of like one. I, I've seen this dove ad. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were given a rating from one to ten. Okay. And then they put the ten of those pe- men and ten of those women in a like studio and told them to like pair up with each other. And they were like pair up with somebody that you feel like you would be you would should date or it'd be appropriate that you would date or whatever. Yeah. And they would pair off with each other. And they paired off to where they were only one number away from their own number, either below or above. Interesting. Uh huh. So, what's interesting is like some of what we're talking about is like Drew Barrymore and Meg and like Adam Sandler, like as far as like the celebrities out there, as far as their looks and kind of you know their their you know sexiest man alive type yeah. scale. Yeah. Would probably be in a similar number or closer numbers to each other. Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks would probably be like, yeah, Meg Ryan is super cute. Yeah. But she's not like Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. You know, um, uh, the Hugh Grant and, um, uh, I just said her name. Julie like, Andrews. Ju- no, Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts. Yeah, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> what can you imagine if it's Julie Andrews? I would be okay with that. That would be that would be a different movie. Uh, she's this older woman, and he comes into his bookstore. I'm just an older lady trying to cougar a young man. <laughs> he's not. He can't be that much younger than her because Julie Padding- Andrews. Because Paddington, he's he's looking old. Julia Andrews. Yeah. Like woman from. She probably, if anything, she's twenty years older. Which is well, there yeah. is a big gap. But <laughs> think about all the like movies where the men are. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, you know, Hugh Grant, I think is definitely, you know, like he probably is on the lower scale than Julia Roberts, right? At that time, especially. Oh, I don't know. I think a lot of women die. Yeah, that's because like he's really like you go back, yeah. you forget. You're kind of like how Whoa. much people like. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, 
it's his personality, the stuttering and yeah, the, the British around. accent. Yeah, very sheepish. Looking. Yeah, like he was like uh, in three weddings and a funeral. He wears his like iconic like wire rim glasses. He has hair and all that stuff. You look at like any kind of today's fashion and what like the quote unquote cute boy or whatever. They they have that look. Oh yeah, it's insane. So yeah. So anyways, it's just kind of interesting that I mean, I wonder if some of it is like. You know, like, would we believe Matthew McConaughey with Drew Barrymore? Right. Probably not. Right. But do we believe Matthew McConaughey, who most people consider very attractive, yeah. probably like a 9 or a 10, with yeah. Kate Hudson, who most guys would consider a 9 out of 10? Yeah. You know, and it's like because we think, oh, those are two very attractive people. They belong to each other. Yeah. You know, belong with each other. Yeah, and the problem is you can't go too attractive because then you have, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where you have Brad, Smith, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolene, which... I don't know what that movie is either because it's like they end up together. Like that's the whole yeah. point is that yeah. they're spies. I mean, I think it's a romantic it's movie. It's like an action rom-com. Yeah, yeah. Which is a real thing. Action rom. never works. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that maybe we made a decent amount of money. Yeah. It made a ton of money because- And they ended up becoming a exactly. real couple afterwards. And that did not end well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like she's, they're just like so beautiful. Right. But like it's kind of forgotten. Like, it's not really... Um, you know, I mean, but then you have stuff like... Um, Just Friends. Notebook. Yeah. Where, you know, you got Ryan Gosling and... And... Um, and uh, what's her Rachel name? Adams. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's like, they're both, like, kind of also, like, equally on the attractive yeah. scale. Right. So, uh, or similar in the same kind of placing in the attractive scale. So, it's just kind of interesting that, like... When it comes to chemistry, yeah. we as an audience are just that shallow. Yeah. That we're like, oh, it all comes down to looks. These yeah. two people are both equally pretty. They do belong together. What's the one? Is it uh, like fr- Just Friends? Oh, no, it's Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. And he was like in love with... Do you remember that movie at all? No. Something Friends or something. She's like his like assistant kind of. And, like, he wants to get together with someone. They end up ultimately together. It's a pretty good little movie. Yeah. But, I mean, it's Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, and this is when Sandler. she was, like, still, like. Yeah. You know, so it was. Uh, that well, what's was ironic like is that Adam Sandler <laughs> is actually married to a model in real life. Oh, really? Well, I mean, he's crazy. Well, but that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like we base who we think belong together based off of looks. But in real life, a lot of times that's not actually how it goes. Yeah. I mean, just across the board, most times men are married to women that are way more attractive yeah. than they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's- Like me and you, because our, <laughs> our wives are smoking. Yeah, I, I mean, every time, everyone's always like, uh, like my dad said- It's Valentine's time Day, so we met. have to make sure our wives know that we find them attractive. I love you, Allie. Please don't leave me. Uh, <laughs> uh, every she day. She stops packing her bags right now and starts putting them all back as she's listening to the podcast. She's like, you know what? I do love you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, back to our ideas for a movie. Um, I would, I would. You, we've talked about this, and I need to sharpen the script up. But I have a funny like uh, idea about because I did grow up watching so many rom coms and stuff like that. There's always the other guy. Sleepers in Seattle. She leaves. Um, but would you make that Walter. into a feature? I know where you're going with this idea. No, we're not making a feature. And so that's what I was saying. Okay, I was like, you can tell people the short idea. idea, but I still want to hear your feature okay. idea. Just feel feel free to finish the story. Yeah. No, no, I, I just always thought when it comes to rom-coms, there's like two glaring, uh, what's the word? Like things that's in everything. What's it called? Cliches. Cliches. You either have the crazy best friend or you have the other guy. <laughs> or both. Or both. Yeah, so the crazy best friend that's like, you need to leave Charlie and get together with Ron or whatever. Or yeah. like, what are you talking about? You don't even know him. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> and then she ends up like making out randomly exactly. with his weird friend. Yeah. Every time. Uh, <laughs> a lot of time. But, uh, so I always thought, because the other guy is a good guy. James Marston in the notebook. Great guy. Uh Guy from Independence Day, don't know his name. He was the president, but he was Walter in Sleepers in Seattle. Great guy. His worst attribute, he has allergies. <laughs> That's a pretty big deal. Um, I mean, would you want to be married to somebody that had allergies? Ugh. 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 Constantly ugh. blowing their nose. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason nature's trying to kill those people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're weak. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you really want to procreate with something like that? That's the question. That's genetic. It will be passed on. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, 
But yeah, so but back to an idea. I I love Sabrina, and I feel like it's enough out of the. You never actually finished your short story idea. People need 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 to know it. Ultimately, it's about what would happen if one guy kept being the other guy through a yeah, series throughout of the whole, relationships. Yeah, every time he's just constantly the guy who's being left at the yes. altar, or left at dinner, or yes. left at whatever, until eventually somebody somebody leaves their person for him. For him, yeah. Um, Full circle. Yes. There you go. It's going to be great, guys. Classic. Ha-ha, I can hear the laughs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's so loud. Wow. I can hear great. him. There's a reason why it's Three days in the name. future, I can already hear him. <laughs> yeah. Laughs resonating through the past. Yeah. Um, so now I would, I would remake Sabrina. Um, because I've always loved that story. I think it is one that, I mean, the last one was Harrison Ford. It's been 30 years at this point. And so I think it's time for another yeah. remake. They love remakes. I mean, he's dead now. Kyle Ren killed him. Ooh, spoiler to Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean Ben, his own son, Ben. Uh, but... Yeah, so I think Sabrina, what I would do is there's this really, I'd set it in, there's a lot of different ways you could do it, but I've always loved the fact that the story of Sabrina is about this rich family, and they have two sons. One son is like super nerdy, so Humphrey Bogart and Harrison Ford both have played this character. They're really invested in the family business, they're kind of more of like older and um just really, really all about business and the company. Younger brother, which is played by a more fun, loving type uh, son, Gary, uh, what's the guy? He was in Sleepless in Seattle. He was Meg Ryan's boyfriend uh, who ended up leaving. I can't remember his name right now. But um, Sabrina is the like taxi the the driver the sh- the chauffeur's daughter and they live above like the garage like in the house and she loves seeing the dinners she would climb up into a tree and she's just a little girl and just like romanticizing the family absolutely in love with the younger son and then uh the son always had this move where he would take uh these ladies at the party into the kind of uh area what's it called with like all the plants and stuff like that the greenhouse greenhouse the garden Ar- arboretum i think is the term arboretum um and you know he smooths and wine and dine them and so she goes to paris to become a chef and that's when she becomes a woman and she learns all the finer things and then she comes back and uh the younger son is engaged to this company that they're merging with daughter and so but being the playboy he is, sees her at the train station and it's just like head over heels in love. It's just like you and me need to be together. Harrison Ford, the older brother, is like, uh-uh, this business plan's got to go through, so I'm going to take my brother out of the picture because he needs to marry this woman who the other woman, perfectly beautiful, fine, all that stuff. So he starts taking Sabrina away and on dates and, and through that, falls in love with her mm. and she falls in love with him because she loved the younger brother as a young you know when she was immature and all that stuff. yeah and so now that she's mature she sees she's a mature the, lady now exactly and so yeah like julie andrews julie andrews audrey audrey uh hepburn right hepburn played the original one um she tries to kill herself <laughs> in the first <laughs> arena it's very uh dramatic but uh so i i i thought you could totally do that now who would you have um, played the different characters now? Oh man, there's some really good ones. Oh, I'm trying to think. The actress I would have play. Huh. I don't think I would have a chauffeur. What it would be? Uber driver. <laughs> the Uber driver. Now it would probably be like the the gardener's daughter or something like that. You know, they have this big estate, it's yeah. like a vineyard. Oh yeah, w- yeah. Vineyard and so, so maybe the guy who takes care of the the vineyard exactly, and so it's his the wine daughter. expert exactly because it makes him feel more cultured. Yeah, he's the wine expert. He's the man. That was the thing. The chauffeur he wanted to he was saving on money so he could just read all day. Like that was his goal, and so he had books all over his house, and so he took all that money that he was saving for retirement and let his daughter go to Paris. Wow, and what a guy! What a guy! What a man! And so obviously now that she 
Mary said it's for just uber rich. He can just sit around and read all day. Exactly. Doesn't even need to be a chauffeur. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So the, I, I to like, his grandkids. The what? Except to his grandkids. <laughs> That's right. Uh, they will have to drive. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it would be fun to have him as, like, yeah, the, the wine, you know, the yeah. vineyard keeper and all that stuff. And then um, maybe the guy would be, like, a Silicon Valley guy or something like that yeah. where he's crazy rich but loves wine and all that stuff. Um, I would have to think about the casting of that for a while because I've always thought about the story, but I haven't really thought about, like, the casting too much because I was like, what would be good? Because the brother's got to be like funny. The younger one is the goofball, but he's like, obviously, you kind of root for him at the end because he does the right thing and marries, you know, he, yeah. he's like, oh, I'm, I don't actually love Sabrina. I'm, I lust for her, you know. Yeah. He comes to that knowledge and he uh, grows up a little bit. Exactly. And understands that his brother loves her and all that stuff. Jason so. Manzoukas. <laughs> Jason Manzoukas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd no, be good. <laughs> no. That'd be funny. It's like just a really raunchy, like hard R, like weird, off the wall, wacky movie, not at all like refined. Uh, Jason Manzukis and Brad Pitt. What? That's a weird pairing. Uh, so yeah, I, w- I would have to think about that. What about you? Um, I've never actually really thought about a romantic comedy. Um. So when I thought about asking this question, I knew that I was going to be screwed when I have to yeah. answer it. Um, but I'd say I would probably actually, as I've gotten older, as much as I enjoy the comedy stuff, if I'm going to make a comedy, I'd probably just make a comedy. Yeah. You know, like I just like, although um, romantic movies that have comedy in them are always great. Yeah. Um, and fun, when funny stuff happens, it's always nice to kind of like break up the 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 romance, yeah. you know, heart stuff a little bit with some humor every once in a while. But the stuff I probably... Like, would you consider Wedding Crashers a rom-com? Um, because once again, the two people come together. Yeah, I mean, I probably would. Yeah. Just because it's... The story's... The main character is really Owen Wilson. Right. And he, once again, is exactly like that younger brother. Yeah. You know, immature, sleeping around, just trying to get, you know, yeah. they don't believe in marriage. At the very beginning, they They're say- They're divorce lawyers. Yeah, in the very yeah. beginning, they give this speech about, like, it's not that you guys are messed up, it's the fact <laughs> that the mar- the institution yeah. of marriage is messed up. And then, in that process, Owen Wilson then falls in love and realizes he does want to get married. And, like, in the end, like, his, his Into the Woods experience is yeah. falling in love yeah. with Rachel McAdams. Which, in this case, the other guy is awful. Yes, the other is guy terrible, is horrible. Yeah. Um, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And then they both have like the crazy sister and the crazy friend yep. who then end up getting together too. Yeah. Exactly like we That's just great. talked about. So, I mean, if I was going to do a comedy, I mean, it probably would be something more ridiculous like that just yep. because I think that movie is hilarious. Yeah. But um, I think if I was going to make a romantic movie, I feel like the 51st Dates or even um, like the ones that I really like at the yeah. top of my list. They're a little, little more sweet. Yeah, or like um, um, Notting Hill. Yeah. Like what I like about those movies, like Notting Hill. The whole point is that like um, that like she's a movie star. Well, that in love, like they they all like hit on these like core principles or kind of core like f- philosophical feelings or thoughts about love. You know that like that it's like better to love somebody that you're mad over like head over heels for the rest of your life even if it means every day they forget who you are than to like never love them at all yeah and like Notting Hill it's all about the fact that like like it in love it doesn't matter if one person's a movie star and one person's a small bookstore person like love is love yeah you know and it's like you don't have to you don't have to like earn it by becoming a movie star or becoming somebody important or special yeah because Julie Roberts she's married to a camera operator that she fell in love with Oh, really? Honestly, in real yeah. life? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Can you imagine being the camera I know. operator? I was like, that is the most amazing. Like, I don't know why. I guess Notting Hill is kind of that, but like, I want, that would be. I great. mean, this is crazy because me and you have been yeah. camera operators. Yeah. Can you imagine the craziness yeah. of being the camera operator, being right there talking to her yeah. on set? I mean, I've done that. I, I'm going to tell you this right now, anyone who's listening. When you're on set, it's like being on camp. Every person thinks they have a shot with someone else. There's just this like thing in the back of their mind that they're like, I'm gonna like flirt it up or something. And a camera opera falling in love with Julia Roberts is like that's like that's every like person 
in the world's like dream. Yeah, any camera operator's dream yeah. would be to fall in love with the huge the, celebrity at the time. Because because they're oftentimes just invisible. When you as a camera yeah. operator, no one pays attention to you. Um, but you're also right there by the actor. I mean, you're literally feet yeah. feet away from him most yeah. of the time. So it's kind of that's kind of funny. Um, anyways, but I love the fact like the 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 message of those movies is you know better than you know. Um, she's all that. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the, <laughs> you know, like take the glasses off the nerd and yeah. she's hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, or hey, there's a, there's a, there's a beautiful flower underneath that hard shell. You yeah. know, it's like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, not that that isn't the case in some situations that yeah. we all are beautiful flowers yeah. over, under, oh, you know, inside you a hard shell. That's more of like a teen room. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. I mean, if you think about it, your teenage years are all about learning to accept yourself right. and that movie is almost about like if you accept yourself you'll get what you want yeah you know you'll you'll find the love of your life kind of thing and in in that situation Freddie prince jr also like accepts himself versus doing what everybody wants him to do his dad wants him to go to a certain school his friends want him to be the certain kind of partier kind of guy and he's like no i actually want to be this person not what everybody's telling me to be right um and she wants to be she needs to believe that she's can be somebody not who everybody's bullying her to think she is, you know? So it's like still a nice enough message, but I think, you know, the 51st dates or the Notting Hill, like those types of messages, I think I more resonate with just because I'm like that, that really is from my experience, more what love really is, you know, like the truest, truest Moulin Rouge would be like another one. Moulin Rouge. That's another great one where again, you know, like at the very end, you know, he's like, it's better to, you know, the greatest thing in life is to love and be loved. You yeah. know, it's like that's like a beautiful message. Um, and that he like gave everything he could to her even though she died. Yeah. You know, and and it's like even though he's heartbroken that she's gone, like he's still like he had that time with her. Yeah. And doesn't take it for granted. So I would probably do something more along that lines. I think what would be kind of interesting. I like Clone Wars love story. <laughs> <laughs> that, whoo. Some Naboo love action. Sand is rough, but not like you. Yeah, not like her skin. She's soft. Uh, forcing, uh, using the forest to, to feed her a pear. <laughs> nothing like, nothing like a little foreplay with some forced pear action. Um, the funniest behind the scenes I've ever heard was the scene where they're laying and napping. Uh, Krishna Hansen really fell asleep. That's really re- falling asleep. And he woke up and he told Natalie Portman they had a bad dream. And George Lucas was filming all that <laughs> because he wanted it to be spontaneous. <laughs> He's like, the bad dream was I was making this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's actually a, a scene that they deleted where he goes and meets her parents and, like, learns a little bit more about, like, how she became queen. And I was like, they should have left that in there because it actually, like, develops their story a little more. It's almost know? like George Lucas maybe doesn't have a good understanding of good storytelling. <laughs> or love. I was just thinking about it. The best movies canonically, Empire Strikes Back and, and, and Return of the Jedi. Well, Empire Strikes Back, he didn't write, didn't direct... I mean, he produced, and that's the whole reason he took control back in Return of the Jedi, because apparently he took on, like, he said because of persecution reasons, like, he wanted control of the Star Wars franchise again, because I think what happened was they made Empire Strikes Back, and it was so much better than New Hope that everyone was like... I mean, we can now take this franchise without George Lucas. And he's like, no, no, it's my franchise. (laughs) Based off of the documentary that I watched, um, which is on Disney Plus, so anybody likes Star Wars, you should watch it. Um, He directed the third one because the – so in the back at that time, movies had credits, like title sequences Uh at the beginning. And the fact that he just started the movie with no title sequences broke all the DGA rules on having credits at the beginning. Like if you think about like, like um, it's a wonderful life yeah. or Lawrence of Arabia or Gone yeah. with the Wind, you know, it's like you'd have like five five movie, minutes, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. of credits, and the main actors would all come up. So with the first one, it was such a big hit movie that when it happened, everyone was just like, "Don't do that again, George." Kind of like a slap <laughs> on the wrist, but it was like they weren't gonna like punish the most successful movie ever, yeah, because yeah. it would just look bad. <laughs> so then the second movie, he had somebody else direct it because he was like, "I was producing it, directing it." At that point, the second movie he completely funded with the profits from his first movie. Interesting. Because he didn't want the studio to be able to tell him what to do. Wow. So he was like, I can't direct the movie 
and like manage the production, right? Like be the studio. I can't manage the studio and and direct the movie. And he was like super stressed out, had huge health issues during the first one. Just like all these other guys, yeah. Peter J. You listen yeah. to these guys' stories, and you're like, man, I really want to be like them. And then you listen to them, and you're like, wow. <laughs> Do I? Their lives are really horrible. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he didn't direct the second one. This, the other guy did. Uh, and then, but he did. So he wrote the first, second, and third one in like an initial draft. And then that Cassadin guy mm-hmm. came in and like helped like turn, yeah, fin- kind of like finish, I think, the Lawrence, second and third one. Lawrence Cassadin. Yeah, Lawrence Cassadin. Um, but he was definitely very involved in the writing of it. But then uh, after the second one came out, the DGA slapped these huge fines on him and the director because what? they didn't do the credits at the beginning. And he was so mad at them for the fact that they like fined him all this money that he left the DGA, left the Producers Guild of America, like left all these like, you know, kind of yeah, institutions. Yeah, at that point he's like, I'm Star yeah. Wars. Man. Yeah, and then the second movie made so much money and he was the production company. So it's like he used the other people for the distributing side of it, but they didn't actually fund the movie. So as far as like the money making, like he like made all. Yeah. Oh, and then he was making merchandise. All the toys too. Yeah. Yeah. So he made bank on that second one. (laughs) So then on the third one, he actually wanted Steven Spielberg to direct it, but he couldn't hire Steven Spielberg to do it because he was in the DGA. So he actually, I think he actually hired somebody else to do it who wasn't in the DGA, yeah. but he basically was on set every day yeah. helping that guy direct because yeah. he wasn't as good of a director as the second guy. Interesting. Or the guy who did the second right, movie. Right, right, So that was why he, because they, you know, he was very much like, which I, this part I kind of admired about somewhat because I'm similar, I feel like, but he was like, he wanted to be able to make the movies he wanted to make with nobody to tell him. Yeah. Like, like he didn't, like... He made um, American Graffiti, and like he had to go and deal with all these studio notes, and they wanted to change all this stuff. And they at one point didn't even want to release the movie because they didn't think it was going to be any good. And it became the biggest movie of the summer. Yeah, he's the problem with Lucas is that he's a guy that has a really big ego, but it pays off. You know, for the most part, until critically, he got panned in the prequels and then all his fans are him so then he's like yeah I mean and when you listen to him in the document he definitely has a big ego but I mean who wouldn't I mean if you have a, yeah. if you made the biggest trilogy yeah or biggest series of like ever yeah in the world you know he's trying to buy back so, is he really yeah oh that's interesting yeah. uh, he's I think he's bored I think he's like he wants to create again yeah probably so. um, but he um and when you listen to him in the documentary, really, like, his biggest thing was he was like, I just want to make the movies that I want to make, and I don't want anybody to tell me no. Yeah. You know, and so it's... Why doesn't he just go to, uh, to Netflix? I feel like they would be like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and now he can make any... I mean, he has $2.8 billion or whatever. I mean, yeah. he could easily make whatever movies he wanted yeah. to. Um, but back in the day, I'm saying, like, he just yeah. wanted to make whatever he wanted to make. And it's like, don't we, doesn't that like every yeah. filmmaker's dream? Yeah. Like, I just want to make what I want to make. And so it's like when the studios are like, sure, you can make what you want to make. And then they like renege on that deal and take all your stuff yeah. away. And like, you I know. I mean, in a way, that's Scorsese. Right. Yeah. Totally. I mean, Scorsese didn't want, out of everyone, really, Spielberg was the only one that was like cool with like studios yeah. giving notes yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. which is interesting. Um, I was like, they should give him more notes for Warhorse and uh, BFG. But, <laughs> but so it's so kind of like, you know, and it, what's ironic is that then eventually the fans were the ones yeah. that then turned on him and were like, no, you need to make the movies that we want. Yeah. You know, so it's again, it's like the studio is like, we want to, we, no, you're going to make the movie we want you to make. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a creative person. I'm a storyteller. I want to tell the story the way I want to tell it. Like, I'm the person telling yeah. the story. Why can't I tell it the way I want? And then he find a, found a way to work around the studio by basically making a studio. Yeah. And now then his fans are like, no, you're going to make the stories we want, and there's no way to get around right. the fans. I just, I've seen this, like, outcry on Instagram and stuff of, like, fans wanting him to, like, come back. And I'm like, did they not see what he had planned for, like, the yeah, new Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know. I'm like, I just don't get it. I, I just don't think he is, like, I think he made an interesting world, but, like, just, I think he, it needs to be left at that. Well, I also think too, like people like mature 
Yeah. To where, you know, a certain type of movie they're interested in making at a certain age. Yeah. I mean, he was in his 20s when he was making Star yeah. Wars, you know. So it's like when you're in your 20s, you want to make a certain thing. When you're in your 30s, you want to make something else. When you're in your 40s. I mean, you know, the man's in his, like, 60s now or 70s. Yeah. He's just in a completely different, like, mind space as far as what he finds interesting and fascinating. Yeah. He starts making, like, TikToks and stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yeah. it's like I think some of that is, like, uh, it's just like any kind of musicians or whatever. It's like we love them for what they create in that moment, but we forget that they're going to keep growing up. Yeah. And their tastes are going to mature and develop and change to where all of a sudden they're not interested anymore in mm. making the raunchy comedy. Right. They want to make something serious a, and a more Todd dramatic. Phillips, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Or even like a Adam Sandler, you know, or a Will Ferrell. Like you see some of their stuff as they get older where they're like, I don't really want to make more yeah. jokes about you know, body parts and farts, you know. It's Remember like, when Amos Saitlander made that movie about the 9-11 survivor? I do, yeah. I mean, it's just it was, like you forget about that. Yeah, You're it was like, a good movie, actually. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, that's the thing is Adam Sandler is he's a good, he's dram- a good actor. Yeah, he's a good dramatic actor. Yeah. I mean, he won an award recently for Uncut Gems. So, anyways, going back to romantic comedies, though. But... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Independent spirit yeah. award. Uh, but... As he says, the uh, the best personality of the awards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not the best looking, but the best. Uh, yeah, that was a great. If you guys haven't watched it yet, look up Adam Sand- Sandler's um, uh, acceptance. acceptance speech at the Spirit Awards because yeah. it's great. Um, so, anyways, I think what would be interesting. I haven't watched the Marriage Story on Netflix. Yeah, and I know it's about it, they get divorced in the end. But based off of what I think it's about, I think a movie like that would be similar to what I would make, but not with the divorce part. But see a couple throughout their like marriage from like the beginning maybe not all the way to the end um because it's just hard to age actors and make it look real yeah but just something that kind of shows them like initially dating and just like the ups and downs of their relationship and how they stay like committed and true to each other throughout the whole journey mm-hmm. i think that would be like a really interesting romantic movie if you yeah. could do it in a fun way that doesn't get too like dramatic have you seen uh one day no so it's anne hathaway insanely sad movie but the whole point is that it's like kind of when harry met sally you know it's a generational movie yeah harry met sally is actually kind of similar to what i'm talking about yeah it like shows them through the years and each time they get together they're different stages of life and stuff like that so in hathaway and the guy who's in it he was in 21 he kind of fell off the map as far as an actor but um they finally get together like kind of towards the end and she ends up getting cancer and dying oh that's sad you know it's really sad because it's like they could have been together so many different times. Yeah. And when they're finally together, they have like their life yeah. together and all that stuff. And then she gets the diagnosis yeah. and dies. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's. So like Harry yeah. met Sally, but if they were actually married, yeah, that's probably what I do. Cause I think actually that's like a very good depiction of it. Like seeing them when they're first young and immature yeah. and then different points where they don't like each other, but they're still married or, yeah. you know, just seeing like the ups and downs and where one's, trying harder than the other or the other one's now trying harder you know and you just kind of see that dynamic but it's still like fun and yeah Yeah, like like about time does that a little bit but but it's also about time exactly they cut off like halfway because obviously it evolves to other stuff yeah they have kids and stuff but you don't see them old right yeah Yeah. and so i think you know seeing some of that like seeing like what happens once they have kids and yeah um there's different movies that do a good job with the love element of their story yeah like marley and me i thought did a really good job Uh like showing them as they like him and her relationship um as they develop from like a newly married couple to you know later in life with their kids being older um so i just think that would be kind of interesting to see because it's always the falling in love part and then it ends with the marriage usually and it's like i think it would be cool to show the like the post-marriage part yeah i mean that was always the danger of those movies, you know, that people talked about where it's like, not like the movies, you know, yeah. the thing that people are always saying because it's like, you know, there are ups and downs. There are, you know, you have financial troubles, you have yeah. health problems. You right, have, like, yeah, you know. having a moment where, like, you know, they're not really appreciating each other and then one of them does get sick with, like, breast cancer yeah. and they have to, like, fight and work through that together. Yeah. And, like, she survives and everything's fine, but yeah. like you, through it, you see like how much like they mean to each other yeah. and care for each other. And I don't know, just like elements like that that you could bring in yeah. that you could still like if you had still two characters with great chemistry, who were like enjoyable people to watch. Yeah, like Adam Sand Sandler is, and like 
uh, Meg Ryan or Drew Barrymore are. You know, it's like if you still have people who are just like fun characters, yeah. I think the, then you uh, could keep the levity still like yeah. high. I think that the Before Sunrise series is kind of like that, where it's like they meet. The first one is uh, they meet and they're together until like before sunrise or whatever, and then it's like before midnight and something like that. And there's three stages, and each movie is like ten years between. And so it's like they're getting older and stuff, and then like, but they have different things that they go through. So like the fir- very first one, they're just young college kids, and they kind of leave at like the what if they kind of go their separate ways. So then the second one, ten years later, they're older and they meet and they end up together at the end of that one. And the third one, they're like older and married, but they're having some difficult problems, and yeah. they kind of talk about that. And so each one is, and Ethan Hawke, I think Ethan Hawke is a really underrated actor. He's really, really good. Every time you watch him, you're like, dang. And um, so I think that kind of, because it's like physically they are older, and yeah. it takes a long time to do those. And then uh, Richard Linklater, he's doing like another one with, um, did you see Booksmart? No. Okay. Um, it was kind of like a funny little uh, lady. It's actually Jonah Hill's sister, and you, she's going to be like in everything. Uh, pretty soon she's kind of overweight. A young lady, but you look at her and you're like, oh, I can see the resemblance. It's her and Ben Platt, and they're gonna do like a 30 year project with Richard oh, Linklater, where they're yeah. gonna be filming, you know, kind of well, like Boyhood. He, yeah, I was gonna say, didn't he do Boyhood? Boyhood was garbage. Uh, <laughs> it's a really bad movie, but uh, but he's definitely into that kind of thing. Like, yeah. how can I make a movie over the next 30 years? Yeah. Hopefully he lives that long. He's like Terrence Malick. If Terrence Malick had like been filming during his twenty year hiatus, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I think something like that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. If not, then you know, I've I've always thought uh, if I was going to reboot something, I would reboot Notting Hill, but I would do it off of a. Um, there was another documentary. It was a real real documentary where it was called My Date with Drew. Did you ever watch that? Uh yeah yeah. Where was this guy trying to get a date with Drew Barrymore? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, there was different stuff like that where people would invite Taylor Swift to their prom or whatever. And so um, I loved the idea of like somebody winning one of these music singing competitions, yeah. like The Voice or American Idol, and they become a huge star, like mm-hmm. overnight kind of thing. You know, they become the Kelly Clarkson or the um, um, Carrie Underwood. And then somebody then does the like, you know, hey, I'll create a website if I get this many likes or Indiegogo or whatever, you know, and she sees it and like is almost like, and like her publicist is like, you're a new star. This could be a really good like PR thing for you. Mm. You should totally go on this date with this guy. We can kind of like promote it, advertise it on, you know, social yeah. media. So Instagram. the guy doing, he's famous. No, no, the guy's not famous at okay. all. The girl's famous. Right. The guy's just some random dude who's right. like jokes with his friends that he's going to create, you know, this right. website or, Kickstarter or whatever yeah, yeah. to try to get a date with Carrie Underwood when yeah. she's, you know, the first year of being a huge hit, you know, yeah. like she just won American Idol a year ago, just won like, you know. Yeah, she has the number one song, right? Yeah, star, yeah, she might Grammy. win the, yeah. you know, new artist of the year award yeah. soon, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. She hasn't won it yet, but she's going to soon. Yeah. And her publicist or her manager, whoever is like, hey, this is getting like a ton of attraction and news. Yeah. You should totally go on a date with this guy just to like get the PR out of it. Yeah. So she does. And then they end up, she ends up actually kind of liking him a little bit, you know, and it's like the relationship develops, but then she's still this huge star. And, you know, you kind of see a little bit of that same, like, Notting Hill thing. Yeah. Where it's like, how does she deal with her stardom? And this is just a regular average guy. Mm. But then you could kind of have a little bit of the um, yesterday elements of it that they were trying to do that I don't think they did a good job (laughs) with, which is like, he's the one person that actually like supports her. supports her and understands that like she still wants to be a normal human being yeah. like even though she's becoming this huge celebrity like he actually sees her as like a as a regular person yeah. Yeah. and so in the end she ends up like choosing to accept him yeah. or at least choosing to go and be with him because he sees her for who yeah. she really is you know not as Carrie yeah. Underwood but just yeah. as Carrie and then I like the idea that then he gets famous and, and then leaves she her she is starting <laughs> to decline and then she hangs herself as yeah. he wins the Grammy yeah well so, only we'll after she like pees a, all over a, herself a moon is being developed or like a star is star is something moon is rising a star is birth uh, <laughs> spoilers <laughs> Birthing of a um, <laughs> atmospheric light. 
the second son. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, some could say creation that, so. of a burning ball of fire in <laughs> outer space. People are like. That name's not working. I want it. I want that name. Can we just call it a Star is Born? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, They've already made three of those. We're dumb. not making a fourth what a dumb one. name. Star is Born? No. Who would ever call it I that? prefer a light source to the universe is created. Yeah. But I feel like that would be like the modern <laughs> yeah. day version of- Yeah, that could be good. You know, and like, you know- Well, it flips on his head too because a lot of those like cliches, once again, is always like, leave everything. I only want you. And it's like, I think there is really wonderful things when you acknowledge the success of someone and like that love can like compliment. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where, yeah. I think it'd be cool to actually see like with Nani Hill, it ends with them like officially getting together right. and you see him like stepping out on the red carpet with her. I think with this, it'd be interesting if they did actually kind of date a little bit at one point yeah. or there's rumors about it. He did actually go to some stuff. Then it's like, and then she was like, this isn't working. Like you don't understand, yeah. I gotta go to all these concerts. You know, I'm fa- she gets scared. I'm famous yeah. now, almost. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't have time to deal with you and your normal issues. You yeah. know, kind of thing. And then he's like, you know, um, but you could have then like you know they message each other through random social media stuff yeah. that's current now, as opposed to her stopping in the bookstore. Right. You know, and little things like that. You know, that you could and instead of her being this like she's definitely a huge celebrity, but it's not like she's. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. It's not like dating Carrie Underwood right. now. It's like dating her when she was first winning yeah. American Idol. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that. I think those are all really good, fun things. And to be honest, Netflix is cranking those out. Maybe we could be the new Nora exactly. Ephron. Be like, please, we'll combine our names to something. <laughs> Nora Ephron will be the Toron Befron. <laughs> <laughs> Toron and Befron. <laughs> Two men raised by women. Ready to produce we content. It. We have the we're like women. the John Wick directors but for rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> we can make great rom coms, not action movies. <laughs> the Love Brothers. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not that's not good. Uh so uh as a closing thought, based off of our because um, this was it just popped in my head as another movie that I that was definitely about relationships mm-hmm. that I loved. Um, and I defended it strongly to other people when they would say they didn't like it or didn't feel like it had a happy ending or a good ending is a better way to put it than happy mm-hmm. ending. Um, Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> would you consider uh, La La Land based off of what we said, oh, a yeah. romantic movie? Yeah. It's obviously not a comedy. There are some parts that are funny, but would you consider it a romantic movie? Based off of what I was saying, where, yeah. like, the point of the movie is the other person. Yeah. I mean, they say at the end, I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to love you, too. You know, like, that's like yeah. kind of – at the very end, they, they nod at each other. But, like, before they have that yeah, year yeah. part. Yeah, when they're sitting in, yeah. on up yeah. on the hill. Yeah. Yeah, I would consider it is, which is why I defended yeah. it when people would always be like, it's not a good ending. They're like, oh, I love that movie, especially that, except that ending was horrible. And I was like, no, the whole point was the fact that they needed yeah. each other in like that, that moment. Technically, that is a romantic ending in the classical yeah. sense. Like romantic endings, like a tragic romance um, would be uh, Atonement. Atonement has that with uh, Karen Knightley and James McAvoy. You know, that's the whole thing. They're in love, but then like a false accusation keeps them apart. But they ultimately end up together in the dreams when in reality – she died in the London bombings and he died on D-Day, you know, and they, they talk about that, how, like, they didn't ultimately... Right. They were together in the after. The tragedy of exactly. Shakespeare. And so, yeah, I, I think La La Land has that, and I think that's why it, for me, stuck out, because I think if they had ended up together, it would have just been, like, oh, cheesy. Was, yeah, it's so cheesy, but yeah. it was that extra heartbreak yeah. of, of the longing. So. Well, and so, going back to, like, the hero's journey... Where it's like, or the Into the Woods, which is a book that everybody listening should read. Uh, you know, it's all about the character's development. Is they're in a place, and they need to change right. into a new person so they can become the thing that they want to become, or or they can uh, deal with the challenges that they're facing, or whatever. They have to change. The whole point of the story is that there's transformation of our main characters, and in both of them, their transformation is done because of the other person. They become the journey. They become the ring. They become whatever. Um, So even though when they come back from the woods and they're transformed, they're no longer together. It's like in the journey, 
they were essential. Being together was essential for them to become, for him to open his jazz club finally and for her to finally become the actor that she's always wanted to become. Yeah. And it's like if they hadn't had that relationship, they wouldn't, like if he hadn't shown up to her house and said, you're going to this audition no matter what, yeah. you know, and if she hadn't called him out on the fact that like, why are you playing music with John Legend? <laughs> Forgot the, he was the in that EGOT <laughs> sexiest man alive yeah, winner yeah you're wasting your time riding on that guy's coattails where is he ever gonna get to he's going nowhere you need to open up your jazz club like you've always wanted to right gosling because that's hot because <laughs> that's hot is hot because <laughs> you're gonna say jazz crying out loud white man yeah uh anyways so it's like but if she hadn't called him out he would yeah. never would have done it if she if he hadn't kind of like pushed her over the edge she would have never yeah. done it um so to me that's like yeah. definitely a romantic and like you said at the end they're like hey i will always love you even if it doesn't mean in this next stage yeah. of my life we'll yeah. be together yeah and i like that because oftentimes tragic romances are the deaths you right. know it's the cancer diagnosis right. the, the bombing all that stuff and that is that's kind of a little bit of a cop-out. Like, right. when I, I, I had done a script a long time ago where that was kind of the case. And, like, looking back, I'd be like, I would not want to make that now because I, it, it's just the easy way out. It's the voiceover. It's right. the, you know, it's the easy thing you could do. I think choosing the career over love, you know, in Long yeah. Land, like, that's real. Right. I mean, death is real as well, but like, there's just something about like, there's almost a harder choice because you have to choose it. Well, what I think it, what I liked about it is the fact that it, it validates anybody, anytime you had a relationship or a love yeah. before the person you actually end up with for the rest of your life. And the fact that like, in the way that it's like, yeah, that person wasn't right for you for the rest of your life, but they were right for you in that moment. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, you needed that experience or you needed that growth or you even needed them to show you what you didn't want yeah. in the person that you ended up with. 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. You know, that was the yeah. message of that. Yeah. yeah. She was like, I don't, you know, when I was young, it's really interesting when you watch that when you're younger, you're with Tom and you're like, yeah, screw Summer. Like you get that. But the older you get, you're like, oh, I'm on Summer's side because like she understood. Yeah. It was just. We're not together. We're not meant for each other. Yeah. As much as you thought you loved me, I'm not the one. Right. But it doesn't mean that that was a total waste of yeah. time. Yeah. It's like what this was is what we needed yeah. and we learned from it and now it's time to move on. But you always will be that person yeah. that helped me in that moment. Yeah. And that is still a very important and valid thing Because yeah. the he journey gets of my his life. act together and he learns yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. That's actually one of the things I actually like, kind of loved about, and I love the fact that they don't show why they break up. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't know if he goes to Paris with her or not. Yeah. You don't know if you know. Um, and it's just it's just like that's just how life goes too, and it goes back to the belief too that there are a lot of different people for you. There isn't one single person for yeah. you that you can marry. Yeah. And so it's like in that little epilogue scene where they show like what had happened if they had been able to stay together. Yeah. And it's like they have their own life and their own kids and they're married together and everything's, you know, it's like you see that and you realize like, yeah, that wasn't an option they could have gone. Yeah. But they didn't and they went this different option and that option is also okay. Yeah. Both yeah. options are good. Yeah. It's the, the bittersweetness of life. Yeah. yeah. That they're by, both successful. They're both in a good place, but you can't have yeah. it all. Yeah, you know yeah. that's just all there is to it. You can't have it all. Yeah. So it's like I still that. So I would consider romantic. Yeah, I don't think I would make a movie like that just because it is a little on the depressing side. Yeah, but it's also I do appreciate a movie but it's like beautiful. that. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, because it's like it it shows yeah that like it's more honest to life. Yeah, than a lot of stuff is. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, on that good. note of people not ending up together, happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. I'll always love you, Ryan. <laughs> I'll always love you, too, Todd. Todd, will you be my Valentine's? No, I got my wife. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com. <laughs>